Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VAW FM 88.1 for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on Voice of Vids Radio. We are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Murio Mob Justice Kawaza and I'll be your host until about uh, 8 p.m. I'm not alone in studio today. I'm going to be joined uh, by uh, Glory Mabuza who normally is, is behind the scenes uh, but for today she's going to be with us in the stud uh, in the studio just uh, you know hanging around with us because it is women's month and we are celebrating that last week uh, you know we had Lonwabo in the studio and this week we have uh, glory so with the country uh, currently facing a high unemployment rate uh, the youth are left with no choice but to innovate and establish businesses um, to try and bridge that gap universities and other learning institutions are finding ways uh, to try and support uh, student entrepreneurs who are trying to bridge this gap and create um, employment opportunities. This hosted its annual entrepreneurship week this week uh, to assist student entrepreneurs to gain access to opportunities um, to help them accelerate um, their businesses and their ideas. So for today, uh, in light of all that, uh, we will be having a telephonic conversation uh, with Selekanya Seribe, who is a social scientist and entrepreneur about her business idea and uh, the Vince Vince Entrepreneurship Week and uh, Yanda Hene, am I pronouncing that correctly? (laughs) The Chief Innovation Officer at Yanda Innovation Consultants about uh, potentiating your business idea. So that's how the show is going to be looking like. Remember that you can keep in touch with us. On social media, we are Voice of Vits on Facebook. Um, that's VowFM. And then our other Facebook page is the Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VowFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. And then on WhatsApp, we are 0840784912. And you can also stream the station live on VowFM.co.za. Remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz Show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. Otherwise, uh, that's, uh, as I said, that's how the show is going to be looking like on the other side of this we're going to be getting into um, the business wrap that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news and then on the other side of that we are going to get into a little bit of ever wondered keep it locked this is the business buzz The, the business buzz business wrap with ken sweatman It's time for us to get into uh, the business wrap. That's the part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we are joined by our financial expert. We have uh, Lebo Pasha. How are you, Lebo? I'm good, Madea. How are you? And greetings to the listeners, too. Uh, no, 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 we're doing all right. It's been a while since we last uh, heard uh, your, your your voice on the show, and uh, we see that you've been uh, trend-setting out there. Uh, how is life, <laughs> and uh, what's been going on in the economy? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm really good. Um, I hope the economy is doing as, as good as <laughs> I am, uh, but it, 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 it isn't at this stage. But um, definitely there's a lot of interesting ha- things happening in the economy. Um there's been a lot of activity and I think the biggest thing right now for me is, is looking back. I'm very reflective. I'm looking back a year and around this time last year, we had um, President Cyril Ramaphosa launching, launching the stimulus uh, plan for South Africa and hoping to turn around the economy. 
Um, so that I think is probably the biggest thing right now when I look back um, on the past year. And that doesn't seem to have gone really well so far. Um, we see that um, unemployment has gone up. And we're also seeing a lot of negative news around the SOEs. Um, and economic growth has also slowed down for the country, slipped into a recession. Um, not, sorry, not into a recession, but GDP growth has slowed down for the country. And we're on the brink of a recession if we have um, economic growth slowing down in the third quarter of 2019. And then, and then I guess with uh, all of that stuff, the thing I'm, I'm interested to know is what do you think of what the last 12 months have, have meant for the South African economy, uh, seeing as it is that you're such a reflective human being when it comes to this sort of thing? <laughs> um, I think the, the biggest thing for me, the biggest reality is that um, we seem to know what we need to do as South Africans to get the economy turned around. We've been talking about these things for at least the past five years, but we haven't done enough. And I think that's the biggest issue. That's the, that's the same sentiment from the ratings agencies. They say, you know what you need to do, but there doesn't seem to be sufficient political will in your government to actually do what needs to be done. We need to fight corruption. We need to um, look at making SOEs and government itself more efficient because it's, uh, both um, government and the SOEs have a very bloated labor force that isn't that productive. We need to get things right, for example, in education. Um, our education standards, the value for money we're getting from education isn't where it needs to be. We, we spend more on education than um, the whole budget of some of our, of, of our neighbors and, and other African countries. But... Our, our standard of education isn't right at the top of, of the African continent. So there's a lot of things that we need to really start uh, being honest about, especially around the political world to turn around our current situation, because we do know what we need to do, but we, we're just not doing it. Speaking of political will, I understand the U.S.-China trade war has actually resulted in a Huawei making further inroads to life outside of um, Android. Yes, yes, yes. This this um, this shows how um, a lot of corporates try to deal with whatever challenges they face, and they find ways around the problem. And Huawei has um, taken the route of trying to develop its own operating system. For, um, for its mobile phones and other devices. So this would include also um, your smaller laptops that use Android and this uh, new um, mooted sort of um, OS is called uh, Hongmeng and it's currently being developed but the big issue I think around it is that um, Apple has sort of mastered the ecosystem uh, business business model where they have a very closed ecosystem around their software and they aggregate technology and assembly from across the world. So you'd see on Apple devices, the OS is designed in California and then the other part of it is made around the world. So Huawei is now trying to shift and be more self-reliant when it comes to the software because Android is actually owned by Google, which is an American company. And because of the trade war, American businesses have basically been banned from working with Chinese businesses, which means that if you've got a Huawei phone, um, 
you're going to start having issues around Android updates and possibly also looking at Google and Gmail as well. And then lastly, um, sort of uh, coming to where the week has sort of led us now, um, just watching the markets yesterday, especially international markets, um, I think the Dow, uh, the Dow in the U.S. lost more than 300 points or something like that. And it was all uh, around uh, the fears of, uh, of another recession. Uh, people are talking um, yield curves and, you know, things like that. Any, any, any light? Yes, so um, the yield curve inversion, in in simple terms, it's basically an indicator that market players are losing confidence in in, um, the ability of an economy to perform um, well and to continue growing into the foreseeable future. And it's usually an early indicator of a recession. And in the U.S., Analysts have have looked at this over the past couple of decades, 50 years back, and they've seen that every time you have a recession, before that you have the yield curve curve inversion. And that's not the only issue. The bigger issue globally is that the UK and Germany are also slowing down. So the 2019 quarter two economic growth has slowed down. And... These are major economies, and with Germany, one of the biggest issues is, is lower exports because of the China-U.S. trade war, again. And the U.S. itself has slowed down. So you've got um, three major economies, the U.K., Germany, and the U.S. slowing down. China is a lot more cagey with its information, but if China is also slowing down, I think we may see uh, a return to a global recession like we had in 2008, and this time it could be much worse. Um, not just globally, because of monetary easing, where a lot of governments are now more uh, in debt, but even locally with South Africa, because um, our our level of indebtedness at the corporate rate and even um, um, for consumers is extremely high right now, and our government is approaching um, um, a not so great milestone of of, of um, debt being close to 60% of the GDP or or annual production. And if we do slip into another global recession, it's going to be extremely bad. Threats, fears, and a bit of dismay on the markets just around... Yes, gloom and doom um, just around uh, threats of a uh, global recession. Um, that is our financial expert, uh, Lebo Pashak, just giving us uh, the wound-up of the week's uh, top trending business and economics news in our business wrap. As you heard, the big news is the fact that uh, there are fears of a global recession and also the fact that Huawei has also come out with uh, their own um, um, user interface, UI um, operating system, and uh, that's uh, as they plan for a life after Android as U.S.-China trade relations um, continue to escalate and the tension be, uh, continues to build. And then the other thing is uh, just uh, some issues just around South Africa and uh, threats of unemployment and the like. So that's it in terms of our business wrap. On the other side of this, we're going to be telling you um, uh, just a little bit about something that you've ever wondered about in business. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz.
It's uh, time for us to get into Ever Wondered. Uh, this is, uh, you know, something we do every once in a while, uh, just to trying to educate the people out there about uh, a little financial term. And today we're going to be talking about something that uh, we hear about all the time, but something that our show is going to be focused on, and that is uh, entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs. And I found so, uh, something very interesting here, and I was like, no, 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 this needs to be shared with the people. And Basically, I found a definition of what an entrepreneur is and the type of characteristics that they need to be able to um, either exhibit or, you know, the type of things that they need to have um, to actually succeed. Uh, So basically, here we're saying that an entrepreneur can be defined as someone who starts and builds a successful business or someone who is willing to take the risks where others are not. If you are thinking of starting your own business, uh, you will need certain entrepreneurial skills, management capabilities, business skills, and personal attributes to succeed in the competitive business market even if you do not have all the skills needed to be a good entrepreneur there are some basic must-have skills when it comes to operating any kind of business so the type of uh, personal characteristics that someone needs to have a successful entrepreneur has to have certain values beliefs and personal attributes such as focus uh, such as optimism initiative drive resilience self-confidence and flexibility and the most interesting one for me there is self-confidence that's the ability to be confident in oneself the product and the business and then a person also needs to have uh, interpersonal skills because as an entrepreneur uh, we have to work closely with other people and must be able to uh, build good interpersonal relationships Uh, some of the following things such as good communication leadership and motivation um, negotiation, respect and integrity, uh, problem solving and decision making are some of the more important um, interpersonal skills and then some practical skills that one needs to have because most entrepreneurs start out small and have to fulfill a number of different roles within the business so you have to be a jack of all trades so some of the skills you need to have is time management administration uh, planning and organizing marketing and sales and also a bit of financial know-how because the rands and the naras need to go and come from somewhere and then uh, the last one is if you want to actually become an entrepreneur uh, you need to think of an idea write a business plan attract an investor and then sell and distribute your product it's it really sounds nice in in, in theory doesn't it uh but uh, we're going to be talking to some entrepreneurs who are going to tell us, you know, is it really as basic or as nice and nicely packaged as what we are being told here? Or is it really a hustle, as they say? So that's been it in terms of how ever wondered. On the other side of this, we get into our main topic. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. This is the business buzz. Uh, we are here until about 8 p.m. And uh, we, today we are talking uh, a lot just around entrepreneurship. It is Women's Month and we are celebrating um, women in business, women in the corporate sphere and the like. And uh, that's what our show is going to be looking like. Uh, but remember that you can keep in touch with us on social media. Our Facebook page is uh, Vits Radio Academy. And then you can also find our other um, uh, Facebook page that is 
is uh, that is VowFM or Voice of Vits. And then on Twitter, we're at VowFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. So it's time for us to get into our main topic. Uh, Glory, um, you know, who do we have? What are we talking about? Yeah. So today in the studio, we have Silikanya Siribe, who is a WITS master's graduate in demography and population studies. She's a young, dynamic social scientist who is passionate about social entrepreneurship in agriculture and capacity building. Her dream is to establish an African herbal research institution to create sustainable health facility and fight poverty. Joining us in studio today is the one and only Silikanye. Welcome Silikanye. It's so lovely to have you today. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's such a good pleasure. Great. Um, so we've heard just a brief uh, summary of who you are as an individual, but I'd like to hear from you. Can you please kindly give us a brief overview of who Silikanya is, your academic background, and what is it exactly that you do for a living? Okay. Um, my journey started uh, like uh, 10 years ago uh, when I arrived in Johannesburg and <laughs> um, I was a first student first year. Um, when I started, I was a street kid and uh, um, I used to sleep at Triple uh, Two Smith Street and that used to be my home until um, the VETSRC intervened and I got managed to get a rest and this is how I got to where I am today because I appreciate the effort of people who actually take took initiative in helping me and uh, getting me where I am. Mm. Yeah. So we've heard uh, just a bit of your journey leading up to how you actually got to VITS. But I'm particularly interested in, in you wanting to establish an African herbal research institution that will use indigenous medicine to create a sustainable health facility and fight poverty. Can you please tell me more about this business idea and how exactly it came about? Okay, uh, in 2010, um, I started having a health problem and then this health problem couldn't be solved by biomedicine. I I went for my treatment at Jobek Gen and uh, things didn't work out for me. Mm. Um, I appreciated the, the effort that the biomedical personnel did there, uh, did everything that could to help me get better. But then it uh, my situation or my, 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 my instance uh, could not be solved by biomedicine. And only then... Um, uh, uh, traditional health medicine came in mm. uh, whereby my grandmother when she was still alive may her blessed uh, soul rest in power um, she, 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 she realized that uh, what I had was a calling an uh, ancestral calling of which uh, did, could not be depicted by biomedicine and uh, from there, then I realized that uh, my grandmother, obviously she passed away. I realized that the, uh, the knowledge that he had on, on having me to be here in the studio alive and kicking, um, her knowledge uh, put me here. But I, I wanted to have a sustainable model on how to make sure that her knowledge, not her knowledge per se, but then the African indigenous uh, healing knowledge is passed through. 
in a sense that uh, we have to have institutionalized uh, ideas, not only ideas, but implementation strategies that are used to heal African people, of which there are not really established institutions that really need uh, give us a, a platform to to know exactly uh, where I'll be. For instance, um, I come from the rural uh, uh, villages, Tabasioni village uh, in Zoying municipality in Northwest. Um, where, where I come from, uh, the, 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 how, facilities, how facilities are placed, they are uh, placed apart uh, from each other. And to reach there, you need uh, some sort of capital to get there. These people rely on traditional healers to to navigate their health and even to solve their immediate uh, challenges when it comes to health. But then what I realized is that was the gap of, of formalizing the African traditional uh, botany or health medical system. Mm. So why exactly do you feel that it's very important for, for, for Africans to actually commercialize these herbal medicines and indigenous plants? We need to decolonize uh, the framework of how the knowledge production is, is, is being placed. Uh, in a sense that uh, even when you go deep down research, when you come to botany or uh, herbalism uh, 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 framework, it, it has always been put as uh, a negative connotation. Uh, it's witchcraft. Uh, it's something that you can u- not use. But if you are a person like me, like Silikanye, who gets a calling out of nowhere, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it is out of nowhere, but to me it's like out of nowhere. Why didn't I get picked it up? But then I realized that it, the, my my mind structure is placed in a sense that I have to actually obey and praise the biomedicine without realizing the potential of the natural plants near me that could actually intervene to uh, promote my health. And all of these things are, uh, are structural in such a sense that they date back to, to, to our colonial system. But then uh, this is a moment where we have to integrate both the traditional way of healing as much as uh, the biomedicine, because biomedicine cannot heal everything. That's for sure. It cannot. I I am the, 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 the present uh, example of that. I was attending my treatment at uh, Jobek Jane, but doctors they couldn't detect exactly what my problem was until my grandmother referred me to uh, another Gobella, uh, uh, which is a professor in terms of uh, African uh, botany, uh, to to actually uh, 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 initiate me into uh, 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 knowing exactly how to cap into indigenous healing systems. Um, so, Lakanya, I just wanted to maybe get a sense from you because uh, it sounds like one of the things you're saying is that there isn't enough institutional knowledge um, at least you know uh, in our modern libraries about this uh, sort of thing so uh, your research um, because you're a master's graduate um, was it around this and what was your actual question okay uh <laughs> 
this uh, my academia and my uh, talent i would say mm. uh, in entrepreneurship we would call it a talent something mm. that you are born with yeah um i was born with this gift yeah right and then this gift uh, when i get to that i don't have a platform where i can f- fully mm. uh, emancipate my myself yeah. as a whole slegany yeah and then uh, from there there's a gap in terms of knowledge production mm, mm, mm. and that's why i saw that as much as there are botanical research institutions mm. but they do not even tap into the africanism mm. africanism in such a sense of language itself mm. i may not know a plant in the name of maybe your dutch of which most botanical theory is based on mm. Um, I may not know uh, the, 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 the term in, in English, but I may know it in, uh, in, in Sotswana. Mm. And, and that doesn't mean that I'm half intellect in such a, a space. So how do we then break or actually disrupt this uh, knowledge production institution in, mm. in, in a sense? So what, what I came with when I, I, I thought of a Peoria Africa Agri Digital Institute is that uh, yes, I'm initiated at this moment, mm. but there's going to be a point where I have to initiate other people. Yeah. How am I going to initiate them? Mm. How, and then if I die, then what happens to these people? Yeah. Hence the uh, uh, Africa Agro uh, Digital Institute. Mm. To be like, even if I'm dead, there's certain knowledge that my ancestors are passing uh, through me, whether it's through divination, through dreams, through visions, whatever the medium that they do may be using to communicate with me, it's actually kept and actually it's, 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 it's formed as a, a medical uh, industrialization from mm. there. Even if you were to think about uh, the era of uh, the late, uh, I'm not the late, um, the previous president, Tabombeki, to say that as much as we were trying to uh, to 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 find sustainable solutions to health we cannot uh, uh, put africans aside mm. in terms of their knowledge because um a biomedicine i believe from my perspective only f- heals the, the the physical aspect mm. there's a, a spiritual essence mm. there's a, a emotional es- uh, uh, essence to that what about happen- what 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 happens to this but when when i realized that a healing system does not only deal with the physique it deals with the emotions and the mental uh, uh, thing that's when i actually as, uh, started accepting my calling because in the initial stages i had rejected it because i felt like a modernized i felt <laughs> like uh, this won't work for me mm. until actually i had to burn and actually back for my life from my ancestors and and actually they gave it to me with conditions that actually you're gonna he- uh, uh, expand this knowledge but i didn't want to choose either or between mm. my academia and my 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 my, my talent or my, my gift mm. in such a sense that i i would want to to push this thing so my master's uh, topic was on uh, household structures and uh, secondary school dropout and then uh, what I realized then that, that there are gaps in terms of communication between a caregiver and, and, and this uh, young child in, in the family. So the family structure is disrupted. What forms that? It's, it's the colonial structure. Mm. But then how to really decolonize this thing? It's actually to formulate a, 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 an institution that will 
uh, uh, offer an alternative space of knowledge production. Mm. Unlike vets whereby I will be studying bio, uh, um, uh, biological sciences, mm. there are certain uh, essences that they wouldn't capture as much as they, they are, as much as uh, digitized in terms of tex- uh, checking the taxonomy and all of that. But I still have the natural knowledge, the indigenous knowledge mm. that was passed on uh, by my grandmothers and people who were around me to, to actually uh, uh, hear this. And when it comes to this, you don't have a choice. <laughs> you are given this yeah. thing. And the best way to, to, to navigate your way is to find a, a best platform on how to implement this. So for me to be like, uh, since while I, I got an opportunity to be exposed to vets, even though I'm from a, a village, mm. a village that a car passes after two hours. Mm. Uh, but then uh, how do I make sure that uh, this whole thing uh, brings an impact in the in the society? I mean, in Tabasioni village, we have a, a sand rock scientist. You can even find the evidence in Origin Center. Yeah. Uh, um, this this kind of, of uh, international heritage, and they are not well taken of, uh, care of in, 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 in um, uh, villages. Mm. So that's where I come in, to be like, these are the, 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 the spaces that can actually create economy whether through tourism yeah. whether through uh, uh, waking the soil or anything like that but at the end of the day people can know exactly where am I uh, using the kind of the gift that I was given by my ancestors okay <laughs> the reason I had brought that up is um, just wanted to maybe because you, you've spoken a lot about it is um, what do you think because you've already mentioned a lot of challenges mm-hmm. right and there's someone who's sort of done who's who's done some work um to add to bodies of knowledge and all of that stuff already you know what it takes to actually put together research put it out make it um peer-reviewed all of that stuff so for you in terms of um oh, your gift right what do you think is probably going to be is probably the biggest challenge in terms of actually um creating either books or um pieces of knowledge that are accessible to everyday people what do you think is the biggest one okay um the connotation behind uh, traditional healing systems mm. um remember um when biomedicine uh, was uh promoted they had to actually kill the, the, the indigenous way of, of healing. Mm. Um, in, 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 in that sense, it, it becomes challenging because this has never been an institution that is actually Africanized. Okay. Yeah, like, um, uh, we get a lot of, uh, for instance, supplements. Yeah. Uh, you get to your uh, supermarkets, your tricks, you get to supplements uh, section. These products are, 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 are imported. Mm. into the country mm. this the same people take the plant here go test it overseas come <laughs> here formulate a product we are the consumers yeah. but then how how then uh, 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 uh africa comes is to disrupt this to be like our knowledge this is our knowledge because mm. the same person who comes from the uk will access uh a naga Mm. Uh, uh, a divinator or a traditional healer to get access to know the, the, the potential of this plant. Mm. And this person takes this plant, 
got tested to wherever that they tested and actually realized the potential uh, use of this mm. comes back here and formulate a product that you were going to consume as an mm. african person mm. but with power africa we want to disrupt that to say we want to be accountable for producing our knowledge the production as well as the end results in terms of consuming mm. the same knowledge that we had produced mm. again we have never given a space where as traditional healers we 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 can uh, 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 implement our 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 strategies our frameworks of healing uh, and uh, with this it 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 still marginalizes our population because when you look at research 80% of our population black population mm. are still going to consult uh, uh, dingaka mm. and then having to consult them how do you make me feel as ngaka you come to me during the dark during the day you don't come to me <laughs> i get you i i, I so th- that thing needs to be changed because uh. to me you feel i i feel like you are using my skills for like you you are not even proud for of me giving you that kind of help mm. so I, I i i i i thought of that to be like in when i get to that level where i have to initiate mm. how 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 different will i be mm. In a sense that I got an opportunity to even have access to institutions like this. Mm. It means having to digitalize the whole thing. Mm. I mean, we have institutions like in mining industries. They come here, they only realize what's underneath the soil. But on top of the soil, they don't realize the goal that we have. You're disrupting our biodiversity there. What are you doing then to give back to the society to be like, when I came here, I found alu. Mm. having to do be dominant here but mm. after mining alu is not there what can you do actually to to give it back there so there are no institutions that are really uh, uh, capture that uh, uh, indigenous plants uh, uh that uh, uh, we need to use them for for our our fourth uh, industrial health challenges because mm. not everything is going to be solved by technology yeah. we still need the human <laughs> touch to yeah, that. That's true. yeah 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 you know, as you speak and as you make mention of, of, of the indigenous plant aloe vera, I'm reminded of growing up as a child and having to listen to all these remedies that our grandparents used to give us. And they used, always used to make mention of these plants. And now we walk into shops and we start seeing these uh, aloe drinks and, and aloe vitamin pills and whatnot to help, to help us. So I see the vision. I see where you're coming from when you when you advocate for, 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 for the commercializing of indigenous plants. So um, earlier you made mention to me that um, mining companies are also your target as they are the type of people, industry, that usually come into contact with these indigenous, indigenous plants on a day-to-day, right? Um, so tell me, why, 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 how and why do you feel that it's important for you to get involved with them in that aspect? Okay, uh, the mining industry in South Africa um, penetrates a lot of uh, land, mm-hmm. and when they get there, um, they they would be arguing that this is some form of a, 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 a resort that we could change into mining. To me, as a traditional healer, it's like if my ancestors lead me to this way to be like go to Mpumalanga in Mpangeni municipality, get this kind of plant. And I get there, and the, the mining industry has disrupted that. What are they doing to actually make sure that what they got there actually got sustained? Mm. 
So uh, to me, it's like you disturb in the natural, uh, 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 habitual uh, or, or the natural environment. Then, if you mine in this area, advice. If you finish the gold or coal or whatever it is that you mine, what's going to happen to the upper level of of, of the, 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 the 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 land? Are you are you gonna try and uh, uh, try to bring the biodiversity that you found there? Because certain things are natural to such an extent that even if I were to try them in 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 America, they wouldn't work because they only work into Amer- uh, African climate. So how is it that they are trying to 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 do that? Because my aim with Power Africa is to say, yes, mining companies are here. Uh, you found this kind of plants here. Mm-hmm. So if you are finished uh, uh, with this, how do we rehabilitate the soil so that it reproduces the same kind of natural biodiversity that it has? Mm-hmm. So, but then because of, of, of challenges in terms of uh, uh, pollution and everything, of which affects the climate change, we need to find uh, uh, ways on how to do this. So to, to, to fast track the, the, the bioprint in South Africa is to make sure that the same plants that we are sure that are habitually uh, uh, confident today, we can just go fetch them where they are, replant them where the mines were, and actually uh, uh, find the biodiversity that it was at the first place. Mm. So um, now that we've heard your journey and your story, right, I'd like to hear from you. How have the sessions that were developed by the Vits Entrepreneurship Week helped you and where to from here now? Okay, um, they help me in terms of uh, sustainability uh, because I'm, I'm coming from an essence where I'm tapping into sacred world. Yeah. A lot of um, people who come before me would feel challenged to be like, how do you dare then sell our secret, mm. right? But uh, this uh, entrepreneurship work is to say, it's not only secret to you as human beings. It's secret to the soil. I'm a climate advocate. If I see the environment green, I feel alive. Mm. For instance, I'm, I will be working out of this studio right now, going back to uh, the labs and everything. When I get out of the studio, I'm going to see botanical a labs to me I call labs all these gardens that these flowers that you see to me it's, it's, it's a healing plant you see them as flowers that are, are flourishing your day to make your day blossom to me it's, it's, it's a healing plant so it's, it's only a matter of trying to disrupt the space to be like this knowledge has been kept uh, away from us and it, it we, we've been actually put in a stigma sense that if you are a traditional healer, you're doing wrong things. Traditional healers, uh, most of them, are doing the right things. And out there, like, people are relying on them. People who are far from uh, health facilities. Hence, Peru Africa is coming here to bring alternative health care systems. You go to my mai, uh, you get these plants. You are not even sure if they're going to work for you or not. 
Bayo Africa wants to take the same plans. We are not uh, saying that as you, as a, as a Sangoma, you don't know what you do. What we're saying is that we're taking the same plan that we have identified, take it to a lab, test it, uh, and see how far it, it can get you. And then that knowledge will be solely yours. We don't own anything as, 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 as the institution. What we're saying is that we, 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 we are grasping you as an individual who has this uh, 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 passion to to, 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 to resolve social uh, illnesses using uh, medical plans and actually making sure that they, they, the world is green. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was quite a mouthful. Thank you so much, uh, Selekanya Suribe, for joining us in the studio today. We really appreciate you taking time to share your, your business idea with us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was Selekanya Suribe, who is a VITS master's graduate in demography and population studies. She is aspiring to start an African herbal research institution. Um, yeah, so we look forward to hearing more from that and to seeing it uh, become an actual business. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for giving me the space. Uh, actually, uh, it's one of a step ahead. Uh, to making sure that this idea is is actually implemented, this is a social entrepreneurship. Uh, mainly, uh, I, I, as much as it will be bringing in money, but it will be it will be for personal view. It will be for 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 my village Tabasioni. Um, uh, we have a lot of people who are unemployed. We have a lot of poverty. But when you walk on the land, I see gold to me. But then because it's not a gift that it's always given to each other, um, uh, to everybody, I, I, I'm I'm willing to be in a space to teach you about uh, the, the, the natural way of healing because it has worked for me uh, when I had cerebral uh, um, um, atonsilotopia because I, I, I couldn't manage the pain, I couldn't manage the, 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 the um, medical expenses and everything but in nature has managed to to provide those things and all of those things uh, some of the plants are endangered in a sense that only few species are left so Peri Africa what it, it aims to do is to take them uh, reproduce them into a larger scale commercialize them and make uh, natural supplements from that okay thank you so much uh, Selikanye so joining us in the next segment is Yandi Sahene, who will be giving us more insight of on how to change a business idea into an actual business. You're tuned in to the business bus. We are talking entrepreneurship. We're talking women in business, women in corporate, women doing the things out here in the economy. And uh, right now we want to switch over um, to Yandi Sahene, who is the Chief Innovation Officer at uh, um, Yanda Innovation Consultants. Um, she is. Uh, she actually holds a bachelor's degree in economics, honors in financial analysis and portfolio management from UCT, and an honors uh, degree in brand management from Vegas School, and has a assisted some of the largest uh, bl- brands in uh, South Africa's uh, organizations uh, to actually do some of the brand launches. Uh, she's also a knowledgeable business coach and a public speaker with more than 15 years experience in the FMCG sector. How are you, Yandisa? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm all right, I'm all right. Could you, you know, just so that we, we, we are all on the same page, could you just give us um, who, who and what is um, Yanda Innovation Consultants and uh, how did the actual company come about? 
thank you so much. Um, basically, Wanda Innovation Consultants, it's an innovation and entrepreneurship consulting and training agency. So basically, our focus is to say we want to be a catalyst for, for the growth of your business. So we're really all about growing businesses, hence the name Yanda, which means to increase and to expand. Yeah. So we work with our clients and we say, let's partner with you. Look at various ways in which we can actually uh, grow your business and what kind of interventions can we actually put in place to actually grow your business. So that's, that's, that's who Yanda Innovation Consultants is in a nutshell. Now, in terms of how the business actually came about, um, you know, it came about from a pain point, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was actually, uh, I was really concerned about just helping um, young black uh, businesses that didn't have resources or maybe didn't have the skills and capabilities to actually basically provide for themselves and their families. So it really started out as a hobby and not really something that I had any intentions of making money out of or growing into a, 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 a larger business. And as I obviously started um, helping out all these entrepreneurs, I really realized that this was actually a purpose of, of mine to teach people how to actually better themselves, better their lives, so they can provide for their families. Yeah. And I really found that there was a need for this on a larger scale, especially in the South African context. And therefore, that's how the business actually um, was conceptualized. And it just grew from there. Um, I just wanted to check, did you, I'm sure you caught the last part of our last interview. We were with uh, Saleh Kanye, who is, uh, her dream is to establish the African Herbal Research um, Institute. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, using her example of, um, trying to commercialize um, something that uh, foreigners have been commercializing in South Africa for such a long time. How would you maybe take her through the process uh, at Yanda about commercializing her idea? Mm. So at Yanda, obviously, we, use, uh, we have great coaches and we use some great tools, right? So through business coaching, through training, the tool that we use is what we call um, the growth wheel tool. Yeah. It, gives, it gives a 360-degree perspective of your business. It's actually a framework that's used to start having structured conversations about your business, regardless of what stage it's at. So it basically helps startups and companies build their businesses through a simple, uh, almost I can say, action-oriented process. So if you were looking at her business, the first thing we would, we would do is, is we'd look at the four um, lasting challenges that all businesses have. The first thing we'd look at is, out of the four, would be the business concept, okay? Does she have an attractive business concept? Mm. And we would obviously go through the various, these various questions that we'd actually take, um, that we'd ask to uncover whether this is something that's attractive, not to her, but if it's attractive to the market, if it's actually differentiated, if it actually adds value. So that's the first thing we'd go to. Yeah. And if not, how can we actually improve this business further? The second thing that we look at is, do you have a strong organization to support, or have you built a strong organization to support this concept that you have? Now, in that, having a strong organization doesn't mean you need to employ people. Do you have other brothers, sisters, uh, anyone that you can tap into that can give you business advice on a, on a, on a regular 
basis. So the fourth thing we look at is we look at client relationships. How can we go about building strategies to actually acquire new client relationships, but also to actually create lasting client relationships? Yeah. And then finally, the fourth thing we look at is do you have profitable operate? I mean, are your uh, operations profitable? So um, do you have the necessary machinery, the necessary tools um, and processes in place to build a profitable business? Mm. And if you don't, what are the steps that we need to take, actionable steps that we need to take and decisions that we need to make for you to actually be able to achieve that? So that is, I mean, it's, it's really a long process, but that's it in a nutshell, really. And are there usually time frames um, for this type of uh, for this type of thing, or um, does it sort of just work on an individual basis, just along um, what the business is? Mm. So the reality is, um, there's no fixed time frame because every business is really different, mm. right? Um, the, the first thing you have to consider is how easy is it to set up to set up your business. If you are setting up a business that doesn't really require cap- a lot of capital, then it's really just your intellectual property. The setup costs are really quite cheap, uh, almost close to nothing. But then, what becomes very important then is um, obviously networking and having knowing p- people, making the right places or decision makers. Yeah. If it's a manufacturing business, then obviously now you have to consider things like um, registering the IP, licensing. Mm. Um, you know, getting the funds to buy the capital. So it really differs from the business, from the type of business that you're actually running. So there's no one, there's no one size fits all. Um, and then switching over, I guess, maybe to just general entrepreneurship, it is Women's Month, and one of the themes that we're just looking at on our show is what it means to be um, a woman in business. And uh, perhaps you could give us, uh, in the intro, it really does sound like you have extensive experience um, just uh, just in and around uh, the corporate sector and the SME sector as well. So what do you think are some of the challenges that um, young women, are facing at the moment um, in South Africa and is it unique to South Africa from your experience? Mm. So, (laughs) there are definitely challenges for for young um, uh, female entrepreneurs and I think the biggest challenge uh, which I could probably answer, give an answer to as well is there are a lot of decision makers that um, you need to approach when you're in business. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you're straight out of university, and if maybe you don't come from a very privileged background, your access to decision-makers, and also your, how you approach decision-makers is also going to be very limited. Mm. So as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a female entrepreneur, the biggest challenge is that there are really people in the industry that are actually established, that uh, are being used by potential clients. And therefore the question really was, how do I then differentiate myself and how do I then make myself stand out versus people that are established that have been in the industry and people that sometimes pre- probably play golf together and, <laughs> uh, you know, go, go fishing. And, mm. you know, so mm. ha- ha- you, you have to be so good that they actually cannot ignore you and you have to be persistent. Mm-hmm. Um, continue to just knock on the same doors a thousand times. Don't give up when 
and when someone says no, maybe you're asking the wrong person, or you find a different way of approaching that person. So I find that that for me has really been the biggest challenge. But I think another challenge maybe is, as women, I think we we, we really underestimate and underestimate what we actually can be. Mm. Uh, everyone else else actually knows how good you are. It's just that you haven't woken up to your brilliance. Yeah. And that's actually the problem. And once you sit in these uh, boardrooms and once you sit in these meetings, you actually start to realize that, goodness, I actually know a lot more than a lot of some of the people here. Or, you know, So I think don't underestimate what you actually bring to the table. I know that uh, Glory has uh, has a bit of a question uh, before we come to the end of this discussion. Glory? So, Yandisa, um, I'm sure there are other female uh, entrepreneurs, students out there who aspire to be like you. Um, what would your message be to those female entrepreneurs, students, partic- who, those female entrepreneurs, particularly students who are looking to start their businesses and one day also run um, a business just like you? Uh, that's, that's a question that has a lot of answers. Um, to be honest with you, I'd be doing you a lot of injustice if I only gave you one answer. <laughs> so if it's okay with you, I think just to yeah. help out you know, the young entrepreneurs, so perhaps maybe I can just give you a few that I really think would probably, just a bit of advice that would probably help some of the entrepreneurs. I think um, coming out of university, one of the best things that you can do for yourself, if possible, is try and actually get some corporate experience. Mm. And the reason I actually say this is that to start a business, you need money. And in most instances, most young, young students don't have money. So actually starting out in corporate is a great way of putting aside money while it's also pushing your side hustle as well. Yeah. It also, what it does is that it also provides you with connections. So you meet people when you're in corporate, and those are connections that will become very useful when you, when you run your business. But also the skills that you learn in corporate. So learn on someone else's time. So let them pay for your training. Let them pay, teach you how to do PowerPoint presentations, etc. So when you run your own business, you are actually well equipped. So work, if you can, work in corporate for a short while, just acquire skills and money so that you can go out and build and, and on, your, on your own. The other thing that I would say is, more than anything, don't think about what can I do to make money. Ask yourself, what is actually my purpose? Mm. What am I on this planet for? Because that's, only the, that's the only way that you actually be able to ride out the tough, the tough times. And no hobby is ever done enough. So if you think, um, imagine if, um, you know, as a kid, if Ronaldo thought, you know, playing soccer is, is really a waste of time, etc., etc. He wouldn't actually be Ronaldo. Imagine if Trevor Noah thought, you know, making jokes is really not something I can make a living for. And look at him now making money out of his hobby. The most money that you ever really make will probably be out of the things that you enjoy and things that actually give you purpose. So that, that would really be my advice. And the other thing I would say is, the final thing is really I would say just start. Like... Um, sometimes you want to perfect everything, but your business will only really get perfected as you go along and you get feedback along the way. So actually just start. The very little, uh, something as small and that you may think is really small as opening a business bank account. Yeah. Just go and, just go and do it. Because trust me, what you want to do is you want to stay ready so you don't have to get ready when the opportunity arises. Hmm.
you need to stay ready so that when the opportunity arises you are always ready those are the words of yandi sahene who is the chief innovation officer at yanda innovation consultants unfortunately we have run out of time uh, for today it was uh, quite an amazing discussion um, that we had to this sh- uh, in the show uh, thank you so much to all our guests thank you so much uh, to yandisa thank you so much uh, to selekanya for being with us uh, remember that you can keep in touch with us on social media we are our fm that's voice of vids and also our other facebook pages the vids radio academy on twitter we're at vow fm and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz and you can stream the station live on vowfm.co.za remember that podcasts of the business buzz show are available on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business so with that we've come to the end of the show thank you so much um to our amazing team uh to our executive producers that is uh simba honde together with the uh, glory mabuza as well as uh, our producers uh, Lonobo Sitnyepi and Silindi Lem Sibi. So, don't miss the business bus same time, same place next week uh, for more insight into the world of business. Uh, shout out uh, to my co-host for today. Uh, that's uh, Glory Mabuza. Usually she's behind the scenes. She's a def- dope producer. Uh, but today, you know, she was holding it down with us here in the studio. Next up on Navao uh, FM, uh, we have Living Electro. Remember that uh, the business bus is sponsored by Absa. So for myself, Mudio Mob, Justice Gavaza, and the rest of the team, it's a good evening and take care. The Business Buzz Podcast.